0: thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, today we are starting a new series. And this series will take us a while. The title of this series is Faith is Superior to the Law. Hallelujah. Faith is Superior to the Law. Among so many other titles we are going to be seeing is faith, your faith, your life. Amen. Your faith, your what? Your life. In other words, faith is your life. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to lay the foundation today. I want us to pay attention because... If, for whatever reason, you don't ever come to understand what faith is in the Word of God, if you don't ever get to understand what it means to walk in faith, then you will be of all men most miserable. Because there is no way you are going to have a mind that is superior to the forces of darkness. So I want you to pay attention, listen carefully, everybody pay attention, settle down, as we take this journey into the realities of Bible faith. The reason why we don't appreciate faith is that we think that having we we look at faith and then we look at the the men and women who are not in the faith who are not believers and we ask ourselves if we believe in Christ and these people don't believe in Christ and their lives are better than us, then what is the essence? What's the point of developing our faith? Now before we go further, I want to understand, I want to make this statement. There are different Type of faith here on earth. Every religion is a type of faith. If you have the other mic there, make sure to stand off, please. Every religion is a type of faith. Every religion is a what? It's a type of faith. Christianity is a type of faith. Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, there are all types of faith. But there is only one that is called the faith. Hallelujah. There is only one that is called the faith and that is Christianity. And it is the basis, it is the foundation of our lives, it is the foundation of our belief system, it is the foundation of what Christ has done in our lives. Praise the Lord. So you have to understand that every religious body has is called a faith, or it, you know can also say that they are in their faith or they have faith. We, in fact, other religion religious body can look at us and say we are not in their faith because we don't believe what they believe in. I you getting it? They can say we are not in the faith. So the word faith is a general word. It's a universal word. Any religion created can claim it and can use it. But we know there is only one faith. Hallelujah. There is only one faith. It's called the faith. The faith. Christianity is called the faith. Praise the Lord. So today what we are going to do this morning is we are going to analyze the law and we are going to analyze the faith or faith. There are three important words in Christianity that you have to master. Number one is the law. Number two is grace. Number three is faith. These three words. You have to master these three words. And these three words are the bone of contention in Christianity today. The reason why we have divisions in Christianity, denominations in Christianity is determined by these three words. The law, grace, and faith. Hallelujah. The law, grace, and faith. Praise the Lord. Now, Faith came to overrule the law. And the line that statement, write that statement down. Faith came to do what? To overrule the law. Meaning when faith came, the law became obsolete. Outdated. Amen? You, you have to understand that. You, need, you have to understand. It's just, is the fundamentals, It's the basis. Faith came to overrule The law. That is when faith came. The law was taken out. Praise the Lord. Number two thing you need to understand is grace cannot overrule faith. Grace cannot overrule faith. We are in the dispensation of grace, but grace does not put us. overrule faith. Uh, Hallelujah. So, today we are just, we are going to be making, I'm going to be making some statements, some, you know, just to lay the foundation, so that next week we can start can enter into the real message. So in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, so let's go to Genesis. When God created the heavens and the earth, man sinned against God, man lost his position, sin became the dominant force on the earth. The scripture says in Genesis chapter 6 that no one found grace. The first time the word grace was used, no one found grace in the sight of God. No one was just, no one was just, He was what a just man. He walked with God. But one of the things that was missing is it was not credited to Noah as righteousness. Noah found grace. Noah was just, he walked with God. But we, we were not told that Noah believed God. He said he walked with God. Noah found grace in the sight of God. Then God decided to do away with the the, the the people that were in the days of Noah. God built an ark. God asked Noah to build an ark. When the ark was built, God destroyed the earth, saved Noah and his children. Fast forward in Genesis chapter fifteen, Genesis chapter twelve, God called a man called Abram out of his father's house. And in Genesis chapter twelve, he came out and God showed him a land. God directed him to land And when he entered into Canaanite in Genesis chapter 15, God told Abraham to look at the stars, to look into heaven, to look towards heaven and see if he can count the stars. He said, so shall your seed be. And then the scripture said, Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him for what? For righteousness. Genesis chapter 5 verse 6. So the first time we saw the word Righteousness credited to someone without any work, without any physical work, without physical appearance, without any doings, except the doing of believing, he believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. Hallelujah. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for what? For righteousness. Righteousness. The word "belief" simply means that Abraham had faith in what God said to him. When Abraham looked at the heavens, towards the heavens, and saw the stars, and in know how he could not number the stars, he believed. He had faith in God. The word God told him that his descendants, his seed, would be as numerous as the stars of heaven. Abraham believed that word, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Hallelujah! So the first time you see the word righteousness having to do with faith. Praise the Lord. Alright. After Abraham came Isaac. And Isaac also walked in the same faith. Then came Jacob. Then Israel was born. Then came the law. When the law came, sin's faith was suspended for a while faith was suspended for a while when the law came and when the law came moses gave the law and the essence of the law was to make sin sin, was to expose sin the essence of the law was to make man helpless in his quest to walk in righteousness that was the essence of the law the law was not given for men to be made right with God. The, write this statement that The law was not given for men to be made right with God. If the law was given for men to be made right with God, then we cannot believe Genesis 15 verse 6. Because Abraham believed God outside the law. Abraham believed God before he was circumcised. Did you see that? Abraham believed God before he was what? Before he was circumcised. He believed God before he was circumcised. So circumcision was missing. Circumcision wasn't there when Abraham believed God. There were no works. Absolutely no works. He just believed God. And it was credited to him for righteousness. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Thank you Jesus. Praise the Lord. So, The law came, faith was suspended. And the reason why faith was suspended is that God wanted to bring the awareness of sin to man. God wanted to bring the awareness of sin to man. And there was a need for man to forfeit the demands of the law. And no one could do that. And the reason why sin needed to be revealed to man was because man sinned in the Garden of Eden. And because man sinned in the Garden of Eden and there was no law given, man could eternally escape the judgment of sin if the law was not given. Man could eternally escape the judgment of sin if the law was not given. So the law was given for man to be aware of sin, for sin to become sin. And man needed to fulfill the demands of the law. And that's what Jesus came to fulfill the law. Jesus is the only man, the only person who fulfilled all the deeds of the law, all the letters of the law, to the last jot of the law, Jesus fulfilled it. Now when Jesus said, heaven and earth shall not pass away until every word written in the law is fulfilled. Man, you know what he meant? None of us can fulfill that demand. None of us can fulfill the little jot of the word except Christ. So when Jesus came, Jesus fulfilled to the letter the law. Jesus fulfilled what? To the letter the law. He fulfilled the law to the letter. He fulfilled the law. Even the command, if there was a command in the law, Jesus fulfilled it. Amen? Jesus did what? Jesus fulfilled it. If there was a command in the law, Jesus fulfilled that. That's why I say, do not think that I've come to destroy the law but to fulfill it. Because the law was given to expose sin and since sin was exposed, sin became a reality. Men became conscious of sin. There was a need for man to fulfill the demands of the law or else every man. That's what Paul wrote. All have sinned and falling short of the glory of God. Did you see that? Now, can you say that again? That all are sinned and falling short of the glory of God. No. But under the law, it was so that all have sinned and falling short under the glory of God. But when Jesus came, Jesus fulfilled the law, the demands of the law. So we can no longer say all have sinned and falling short of the glory of God. Why? Jesus fulfilled. The law, and he never fell of the glory of God. He never fell short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Jesus never fell short of what? The glory of God. He never fell short of the glory of the Father. He never fell short of the glory of the Father. He manifested the full glory of the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Are you with me? Thank you, Jesus. All right. So, when the law was given, they were to live by the demands of the law. The law was given to expose sin. And they were to receive life by obeying the law. They were to receive life by doing what? By obeying the law. Now, watch here. Let's look at Leviticus chapter 18. Now, when I say the law, it includes the Ten Commandments not just the Levitical laws, when we say the law, it includes the Ten Commandments the law includes the Ten Commandments, most people want to separate the Ten Commandments from the other ones, I will show you why it includes that so let's go to Leviticus chapter 18 Leviticus chapter 18 and you hear this statement that the Lord made. Verse five one to five. Let me read one to five. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein you there shall ye not do? After the doings of the land of Canaan, whether I bring you, shall you not do? Neither shall you walk in their ordinances. You see that? Now, they, when they lived in Egypt, they were not conscious of sin. They were not aware of sin. Are you getting it? And now that they are going to Canaan now, if God doesn't introduce the law, they are not going to be aware of sin. So they are going to live like the Christians. They are going to live like the Canaanites. That was the essence of the law. The essence of the law was to make sin real. And if you think that going back to walk in the law will not make sin real in your life, you are are deceiving yourself. I I can bet you, I can assure you, anyone walking under the law is walking under the dominion of sin. I know this is a harsh statement, but that is the truth. Any man walking in the law any man who has embraced the law is under the control and the dominion of sin I've forgotten Romans chapter 6 verse 14 and sin shall not have dominion over you because you are not under what under the law but under what under grace so under the law sin has dominion over them praise the lord Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So he said, You shall not do, you shall not live like the Egyptians, you shall not live like the Canaanites, you shall not live like the people that I'm sending you to to take over their lives. Don't live that. That's what God gave them the law to provoke sin, to make sin a reality. Then God told them this in verse 5. He shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments which if a man do he shall live in them did you see that so they were to live by the law the law was their life the law was what their life so in the days of moses the law was their life so that is why if they did not do anything on Saturday, they get blessed their heart didn't matter to god i get it if they did not convert their neighbors uh, 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 wife, their neighbors' blessing, their neighbors' you know, oxen and sheep and all of that, as long as they did not do it physically, they were justified. But their heart, the content of their heart, God could not hold it to the against them. God could not hold the content of their heart. So the law was a physical demonstration, not a heart demonstration. The law was what. A physical demonstration, not the heart demonstration. So if physically they demonstrated that they did not convert their neighbor's wife, they were blessed. But inside their heart, they might have converted their neighbor's wife, slept with their neighbor's wife, and God couldn't hold that to them. God couldn't hold it against them because of the law. The law could not deal with man's heart. The law could not do what? Deal with man's. Heart. That is why. When Jesus came, the early minister of Jesus, go back and read the gospel. Jesus said, It was said in the old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've already done what? You've already committed adultery with that woman. Did you see that? So now Jesus came and Jesus is telling them, Hey, the law prevented you to commit adultery in your heart, and God forgave you. God couldn't hold it against you because the law was not meant to deal with the heart. But now, you are in the dispensation of grace, and grace works with the heart. Grace deals with the heart. So in your heart, under grace, you last after a woman, you are already sinned. You have already sinned. Hallelujah. 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 Let your amen be loud. Amen. Let your amen be loud. Amen. So, when Christians are trying to go back to the law, I feel sorry for them. Because they cannot live a righteous life. They cannot live a holy life. They cannot live a pure life. That is the truth. So, in Leviticus, Leviticus, Chapter 18. Are you there? We are laying the foundation today. Let's read verse 5 again. You shall therefore keep my status. You see that? He said, My status and my judgments. You see that? The status, the judgments, everything included the Ten Commandments. He said, If a man do them, he shall live in them. So the law was their life. The law was what their life. Now wait. Let's let me read it from New Living Translation. Leviticus 18. Praise the Lord. Leviticus chapter 18, verse five, New Living Translation. He says. If you obey my decrees and my regulations, you will find life through them. You will do what? You will find life through them. So the law provided a type of life for those under the old covenant. But in the new covenant, the law can no longer provide life for us. Hallelujah. The law can no longer do what? Provide life for us. The Lord can no longer. Provide life for us. Are you with me? Are you with me? If you obey my decrees. And my regulations. You will find life through them. I am the Lord. You will find life through them. Praise the Lord. So now let's go to Galatians. Chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 The reason why Under grace The law can no longer provide life To both of us Under grace Praise the Lord Reason number 1 Galatians chapter Chapter 3 verse 19 Galatians chapter 3 verse 19 Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. Why was the law given? He said it was given alongside, you see, the promise was given to Abraham, the seed of Abraham, which is who? Christ. Christ was promised to Abraham. And then alongside the promise came the law. Alongside the promise came what the law. And what was the essence of the law? Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. To show people their sins. So anytime you embrace the law, all your sins will show up. They will show up. The ones you committed 15 years ago, they will show up. Anytime a man embraces the law. All his sins will show up. All his sins will do what? They will show up. The Lord uncovers the sins in us. The Lord brings the worst in us. Are you hearing me this morning? The Lord uncovers sins in us. The Lord brings the worst in us. The Lord discovers sins that were once buried and overcame by the grace of God. The Lord does what? The Lord discovers, resurrects, bring back, brings back to life sins that were once overcome by the grace of God. So every time you go back to the Lord, you are you you look. You resurrect all the sins you overcame them in the past. They come alive in you. They come alive. They make you conscious of sin. You are no longer conscious of grace. You are no longer conscious of the finish up of Christ. Everything is now your effort. Your effort. I have to. I have to. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do that. The law came so that men will be aware of their sins. Hallelujah. But the law was designed to last only unto the coming of the child who was promised. Did you see that? The law was to last to last to the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law God gave his law through angels to Moses. Now here and the that statement God gave his law through angels to Moses. Look the reason why the law needed to be done away with, one of the reasons why the law needed to be taken out, was that it was given by angels. The law was given by what? Angels. In other words, what happened on Mount Sinai was an angelic visitation. It was an angelic what? Visitation. It was an angelic visitation. Let me read it again. God gave his law two angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Did you see that? Moses was the mediator and God gave it to two angels. Angels gave it. But when it came to grace, when it came to grace, it was not between man and God. It was between God and man. God did it through Christ. Now. Verse 29, a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an argument. But God who is one did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to who? Abraham. When God gave his promise to Abraham, listen carefully. When God visited Abraham, there was no mediator. There was no go-between. Amen? There was no go-between. It was a direct word, God spoke to Abraham. It was a direct word. And when Abraham received that word, Abraham believed that word. And what happened? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That is why Abraham was able to believe God's word. Abraham was able to believe gospel because there was no go between. There was no what? It was a direct way gospel to him. There was no mediator. But under the law, Moses became the mediator so it was difficult for people to walk in faith. And then the sweetest, the essence of it was because sin must be revealed. People must be aware of their sins. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2. Hebrews 2, verse 2. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2. We read here, the scripture says, verse 1 and 2. Therefore we ought to give them more heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. For if the word spoken by angels, did you notice that? If the word spoken by angels, that is the law, was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. So the, the law was given by angels. God in which God asked angels to give those laws to Moses. That is why the law could not provide faith. That is why the, the law could not make men righteous. It was an angelic ministry. So me, The law was an angelic ministry. That's why it could not provide life to men. It could not make them righteous. It could not make them holy. It could not make them pure. It was an angelic ministry. The law was an angelic ministry. So it could not provide faith for them. They couldn't walk in faith. They couldn't walk. The content of their heart was missing. But it was an angelic ministry. But today we are embracing it. We are embracing angelic ministry more than the ministry of Christ, more than the ministry of Jesus. When Jesus appeared to Abraham, when God spoke to Abraham, there was no go-between. Did you see that? It was a direct word to Abraham. When Abraham received that word, faith was imparted to him, and then he was it was counted to him for righteousness. Abraham has not received circumcision when he became righteous. He has not circumcised his family when he became righteous. He did absolutely no physical work to become righteous. He became righteous by his faith. He became righteous by what? By his soul. Abraham became pure. Abraham became righteous. Abraham was justified by his faith. So do ye. Which of the prophets have not your father persecuted? Your father's persecuted. And have and they have slain them which show before of the coming of the just ones, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. Verse 53. Who have received the law by the disposition of angels? You see that. Verse 53, Acts chapter seven, fifty-three. Who have received the law by the disposition of what? Of angels. And I have not kept it. So the law was given by angels. God engaged angelic ministries in giving of the law. So that is why it could not provide life. It could not provide righteousness. It could not provide holiness. It gave them ceremonial righteousness. It gave them ceremonial holiness. That is what the law does. So the Lord will give you a ceremonial righteousness, a ceremonial holiness. Not holiness of the heart, not righteousness of the heart. So people will look at you wearing a long gown like that. People will look at you wearing, you know, dress all kinds of way. It doesn't make you holy. It is what is in your heart. It is the content of your heart that makes you holy. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That is what makes you holy. It is not the outward appearance. Outward appearance doesn't make anybody stand before God justified. It is inner appearance. It is inner appearance. Under the law, they were justified by outward appearance. Under faith, under grace, we are justified by our inner appearance. Hallelujah. Me, I, I am justified by my inner, appearance, by my inner not appearance. By my appearance, not by my outward appearance. I am justified by my inner appearance. By my inner appearance. By my inner appearance. Hallelujah! So, we, we've seen three scriptures here in Galatians chapter 3, verse 19, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2, Acts chapter 7, verse 53. That the law was indeed given by angels. The law was indeed given by what? Given by angels. So it could not provide life. It could not provide holiness. It could not provide righteousness. Hallelujah. That is why God made Abraham righteous before the law was given. So that sin, men will be aware of their sin. When the promise was fulfilled, and Christ is the promise, when the promise was fulfilled, the law was taken out of the sin and faith be- replaced the law. So under grace, faith has replaced what? The law. Hallelujah. Under grace, faith has replaced what? The law. So me. Under grace, faith has pre- uh, replaced the law, faith has replaced the law, so you can no longer be law abiding to be righteous before God. You can no longer be law abiding to be holy before God. You can only be righteous before God by faith. You can only be holy before God by faith. That's the truth. If it is by the law, then there will have been no need. For grace. There will be no need for grace. Praise the Lord. Alright. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 24. Galatians 3 verse 24. And keep your Bible. Keep your Bible in Leviticus chapter 18 verse 5. As we draw the conclusion of today's message, Leviticus chapter eighteen, verse five. Listen, I'm going to read from the Living Translation and look at this wonderful truth here. Verse twenty-four. Let me put it another way: the law was our guiding until Christ came. Galatians three twenty four. I'm comparing it to Gal- uh, Leviticus eighteen verse five. That's why I said have both places open. Thank you, Jesus. Let me put this another way. The law was our guide until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. Did you see that? The Lord protected us until we we could be made what? Right with God through faith. So it was guiding us. It was was our guide not to go astray, to keep in step with God until we could be made right. Now that you are made right, do you need it again? No. It is no longer our guide. The law is no longer our guide. We are made right with God by faith. We are made right with God by faith. We are made righteous by faith. We are made holy by faith. The law is no longer our guide. Hallelujah. The law is no longer our what? Our guide. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let me. Let's look at verse 17. Galatians 3.17 So the law was our guide until we are made right with God. Verse 17 This is what I'm trying to say. The argument God made with Abraham could not be cancelled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God will be breaking his promise. For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it will be the result of accepting God's Then it will not be the result of accepting God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a what? As a promise. As a promise. Did you see that? The law was given 430 years after the dispensation of faith was enacted. So the law cannot overrule faith. Amen. The law cannot overrule; it cannot overrule faith. It cannot overrule faith. That's why I say. Faith is superior to the law. Faith is superior to the law. The law cannot overrule faith. The law was given after four hundred and thirty years. Uh, Grace, uh, faith was given to Abraham. Righteousness was imparted to Abraham that 430 years before the law came cannot overrule faith praise the Lord hallelujah Amen. thank you Jesus let me show you this and then we will come we'll conclude for today thank you Jesus Galatians Galatians chapter 3 verse 11 Galatians 3 verse 11, 10 and 11. But those who depend on the Lord to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commandments that are written in God's book of the law. Did you see that? So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture says it is true faith that a righteous man has life. Look at look at the last one, it's eleven. It is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture says, or the scriptures say, it is true faith that a righteous person has life. So through faith, you have life. Did you see that? So a righteous person, a righteous person is the person in Christ Jesus. The person that has received Christ as his Lord and Savior. The scriptures say you, you have life through your faith. You have life through your faith. You have life through your faith. In fact, it, it goes, the list goes on this way. You have righteousness through your faith. You have holiness through your faith. You have healing through your faith. You have blessing through your faith. The just King Jesus says the just shall live by his faith. But new translation says that the man that is made right has life through faith. Through faith, you have life. So if you don't understand what faith is, then your life is limited. Your life will be stranded. You can't manifest the life that is in Christ Jesus. It is through faith that the righteous man has life. Here. They have life in keeping the law. In the new covenant, you have life by walking in faith. Hallelujah. Said me under the old covenant, they have life obeying the law. Under the new covenant, I have life walking in faith. Walking in faith. Do you see the difference? Do you see? See, they, they have life. Under the law, now the law is no longer at work. It has been nullified. It has been put away. We have life by our faith. We have life by our what? By our faith. The righteous man shall live by his faith. The just man shall live by his faith. The just man shall live. So you don't have life until you understand what faith is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is clear that no one can be made right with God by keeping, by trying to keep the law. For the scripture says, it is true faith that a righteous person has life. It is true faith that a righteous person has life. It is true faith that a righteous person has life. Let, let me show you this. Thank you, Jesus. You can find the same thing in Romans 17, Hebrews 10.38, and also in the book of Habakkuk. The righteous man will have life as long as he remains in the faith. Now look at the story of Mark chapter 5. You know the story of Mark chapter 5? The woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the issue of blood. She came and touched the hem of Christ. The hem of his garment. And when Jesus turned around Jesus never said woman my power has made you whole. Did you notice that? Jesus, when Jesus, and Jesus never looked at the woman and said, Woman, my grace has made you whole. Did you notice that? Let's go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5. Verse 30. 3 and and 34. But the woman fearing and trembling knew what was done and he came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And this is Jesus' Oh, Listen to what Jesus said. And he said unto her, Jesus said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made you whole. Did you see that? He referenced her faith, not his power. He referenced her faith, not his grace. So grace cannot overrule faith. This is a woman that was sorrowful for 12 years. Touched the help of Jesus. Jesus' virtue is gone out of me. Is that how Jesus said, Virtue simply means power, grace is gone out of me. Watch here. Let's see what verse 13. Verse 13. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Jesus, simply knowing that power has left his body. Turn around and say, Who touched me? Who touched me? Who taught me? But when the woman came forth, Jesus did not reference to his power. Do you know that? Do you know that? What drew the power? What brought the power? It was her faith. It was her what? Her faith. That's why Jesus said, woman, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you, why? Because your 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 faith is your life. 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 Whether you want to believe this message or not, your faith is your life. They just have no life outside faith. They just cannot live outside faith. You you are irrelevant in the school of life with that faith. You will produce the results in the school of life with that faith. Virtue came out of him. Power came out of him. But he said, woman, your faith has made you whole. You are made righteous by your faith, not by keeping the law. You are made righteous by your faith, not by keeping the law. So the level of your righteousness is determined by the level of your faith. The level of your holiness is determined by the level of your faith. The level of your blessing is determined by the level of your faith. So in this kingdom, the righteous man can only live by his faith. Hallelujah. The righteous man can only live by his faith. The righteous man only have life by his faith. That's what the scripture says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hallelujah. You are made, you are healed by faith. Made righteous by faith. Made holy by faith. You are delivered by faith. Your deliverance is at the level. The level of your faith determines the level of your deliverance. Hallelujah. Next week, we are going to continue from here. Your faith is your life. Hallelujah. Your faith is what? Your Your life. Your faith is your life. Your faith is your life. your faith is your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we'll continue next week. Rise to your feet with me and give God thanks. Give him thanks. The law can no longer provide life for anyone. The law can no longer provide life for anyone. It can no longer provide life for anyone.